Well, hello everyone. High school football continues to thrive here in the Chandler, Arizona area, and I love it. Welcome to the Seatown Rivals podcast presented by BQ Enterprises. BQ Enterprises, a proud affiliate of Legal Shield. Well, each and every week, as I mentioned, we talk some serious high school football in the Chandler area. We cover eight teams and I get to talk high school football with two of my good buddies. And the first one I'll bring on is, I always like to say he is a man of mystery. Yeah, he's uh, he's different, but he's different in a good way. And that is none other than Chili. You guys have gotten to know and love Chili as always. And then there is the man who started it all. And despite his location, he is still the backbone of Arizona Varsity that Seatown Rivals is a proud partner with, and that'll be Ralph Amsden. There's Ralph Amsden, and hey, fellas, always good to chop it up with you guys. As the slogan says, Seatown Rivals podcast with your three favorites. We've been a fan favorite of each other, and little by little, we're starting to become fan favorites of the people in the community. The teams were five wins and three losses this week, but before we get to that, I'd like to just find out one positive, interesting thing that has happened to you guys. I'll say for myself, I'm not in Chandler right now. I'm actually way on the west side of the valley. I'm in Goodyear. I've been here for a week, and I've been golfing it up and just doing everything. I've golfed four times since I've seen you last, but I'll be back in Chandler later on tonight. Man, that's big. Uh well, shoot, I finally uh, went to a college football game. I, I went to the ASU game, so I feel See, like that's a positive. Folks, this is what I'm going to say about me and Chile. Once again, we're in the same place, same time, but of course, he does not acknowledge me. But <laughs> that's why he's a man of mystery. Yes, I'll be at every ASU game this year, but uh, Chile, I'll ask you your thoughts about uh, the Sun Devils. Um, they, they looked good in like the worst way they seem a little bit sloppy uh the offense seemed like it couldn't figure things out uh exactly in the first half and right ball control by the rebels was big yeah and the defense was a little bit shaky to start out but i mean they seemed to figure it out for the second half so i guess you know um all's well because second half is when you win ball games i guess so patriots proved that right so um I, i i guess it's cool i mean you can keep you can keep living like that until you die like that. So, I mean, I guess it's I guess it's all good. Um, I think the Sun Devils will be all right this year. Um, I think they're going to do a lot better than uh, the Wildcats, which which kind of makes me a little sad because there's so many of our Arizona guys over there, and especially like a lot of Chandler kids up there. So, there is. I mean, I think in time the Wildcats will obviously – well, they've got to improve. They can't get any worse. I mean, I hate saying it like that. No, 100%. So I I, th- I think things will be better, but yeah, no, I finally made it out to a uh, to a uh, college football game, which was cool because I did not go to one last year. So sounds like a plan, Mr. Ralph. Man, I haven't been doing much. I uh, I, I got I got sick last week. Thought I might have uh, COVID, and it turns out that because of the the time difference to kind of get myself ready for bed, I'll go swim a few laps at one in the morning till about two in the morning, and then I'll go right to bed. And swimming before bed without like letting your ears dry out and stuff like that is uh, is stupid uh, and can give you massive sinus infections. 
Um, so I've, I've been having uh, migraines and, and, and been pretty miserable for the last few days. I'm starting to feel better. I did really enjoy a lot of the games on Friday night, though. I finally had a, a, a way to kind of get it set up where I had four games going at the same time and was able to pay enough attention to what was going on that I didn't feel completely lost. And so that 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 was really nice. And a lot of them were actually the, the, the games that we cover on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Man, that's big. I, seeing four games at once, that's like, a, like in the man cave. That's like the dream right there. So that's hey, man. We we sound the podcast is going to sound like we're uh, inside a uh, inside a print shop. You got, is that your fan, Chili? What's up? That is, that is your, Chili's no, fan. Is yes. that Chili's fan? Yeah, that's the only thing I hear. Yes. Oh, maybe, maybe. You know, Chili's yeah. always got to draw that attention. Yeah, it, it's hey. just a, it's just a sound based medium. I hope people <laughs> like Kinkos. Hey, I, I need it. I need it because otherwise my my room like starts to cook. So. Yeah, during like the, during the hotter months, like it's crazy here. So. All right, better yeah, every, better everybody else is miserable than you, I suppose. This I is. mean, <laughs> unless unless you want me to broadcast from the sauna, in which case it's gonna be like dripping sweat, making me look crazy. I'll gonna think that like the Unabomber's in here with me or something. So. Well, let's not have you drip sweat. We want Chile to be comfortable. So we'll begin on a very positive note and. The Arizona College Prep Knights, they get past the defending 2A champion Santa Cruz Dust Devils 31-28. 25 points in the second quarter was big. They pick up their first win of the season. Terrific to see. We've been waiting for Jaden, excuse me, Jaden Diaz, the quarterback, to step up, and he did. While he didn't put the ball up much, Diaz completed just six passes on the night, but Ralph, the junior QB, had four touchdown passes in this victory. Yeah, there was a pretty good chance that ACP was going to fall to 0-3 here. I, I, I'm not sure that I'd have picked them against the defending 2A champions coached by James Fitzgerald, um, who we know from being a former player at, at, at Valley Christian and former assistant at Valley Christian. Um you know, they're a very, very good team. They've retained a lot of talent, and ACP had struggled a little bit. It's not often that you start the season 0-2 and and then get what might be your signature win, what might Mm -hmm. help you elevate into the 3A playoffs, because I don't see Santa Cruz losing too many uh, more games against any of the 2A competition that they have. So that victory is really going to buoy ACP's, um, uh, I guess, the power points that they get for the playoffs throughout the season. I agree, Chili. Just kind of talk about a little bit of the, uh, I don't want to say a surprise victory, but yeah, like Ralph said, you don't usually get your signature win after being 0-2. Yeah, man. Um, you know, I think ACP is going to hopefully use this opportunity to kind of put things together and bond and things like that. Uh, you know, Bryce Chen, I'm still not seeing him in the box score, so I can only assume that he's still injured, which they are going to need him yep. down the stretch. They're going to need him healthy. They're going to need him down the stretch to, you know, help Diaz. Uh, fully get on his feet uh, as the quarterback over there. Um, the defense stepped up, though. Um, they got a lot of boys on defense making a lot of tackles, getting involved. Uh, Matthew Tran, uh, Ferrier, and uh, Salazar, you know, all, all taking some leadership roles. And, you know, I think that this is going to have to be uh, kind of the signature for ACP in the near future as this team moves forward. Absolutely. And moving forward, up next is a trip to Buckeye to face the Minotaur of Odyssey Institute. The Minotaur, 0-3 on the year, and they've given up 164 points. So 
great chance for Coach Bluford to get that second win of the season and potentially they even their record at two and two. Shelly, will you help me out? Was Odyssey the was Odyssey the team last year that was on the up and up for two straight years and then yes. they canceled their season? They were the 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 only charter school to cancel their season last year, and then they've come out of that and it, yeah. it's been rough. They they had that super talented running back. They had the running back, like, yep. That was running for like a billion yards and stuff like that. Uh, I think took out Valley Christian, didn't they? I feel like that's when that they is went head to head a couple of years ago. Yeah, that's a it, it's a bummer to see any team's progress stymied from from what happened during COVID. But you have to assume they got some athletes out there, so ACP is going to have to take this really seriously. Absolutely, the Valley Christian Trojans they improved to three and zero on the season after a forty nine eight win over Gilbert Christian. Chili, we talk about how deep this team is week in and week out. It seems like the Trojans had another quarterback step up by the name of Trapper Parsons. Nine of 10, 211 yards and four touchdown passes. Caden Majersik on the ground. He's the rock in the backfield, Chili. 166 yards in this one. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about the quarterback situation over there, but um, I do know that uh, this team, like I said in the preseason, this team is able to go like 20 different starters, which I think at the 3A level is very, very unique and special. If they take advantage of that, it is going to be problematic for a lot of teams. Caden um, is absolutely a phenomenal talent as a running back uh, at the 3A level and probably probably even as maybe uh, at the next level, at the 4A. And yep. I think that he could play some Saturday ball too. Like this kid, this kid's tough, man. I like him a lot. I've seen a lot of his highlights. Um, they and got he's built receivers. like a rock. He yes. really is. Yes. yes. Um, like he could probably play up a couple levels. I think that he could be a solid running back, you know, may, maybe in the five A as a combo back with somebody else. Um, but this receiving core that they have, I think is, uh, what's going to kind of define them long run and open things up for Caden. I think Austin Gerard is that is an absolute stud. And, uh, they got another kid that's pretty long, uh, Adam Bradford. It's kind of like a hybrid tight end type, but the kid can, uh, do the 50, 50 ball thing. So, um, he's going to be a prominent. You know, they got athletes all over the place like Trayton mm -hmm. Hortzman and uh, some of those guys. And Justin Regard's everywhere on defense, sideline to sideline. Um, he, he moves so well and fluidly over there. Uh, the way that uh, Coach Peterson has put him in positions to be successful has been absolutely amazing. And Ralph, 49 points in each of their last two games. I don't want to say that's unlike VC teams of the past, but this is just great progress. I mean, Peterson's getting it done. And like we've been saying, just the amount of athletes now, we're not having to see guys on both sides of the ball. These guys can specialize on doing their thing. Yeah. And it's also helpful if you're going to, if you're going to beat up on a team um, like Gilbert Christian, who, you know, uh, there might've been some people who thought that maybe these two teams are a little bit more evenly yoked, but if you're going to beat up on a team like Gilbert Christian, then, then by halftime, you're going to get to play some of your sophomores and juniors. And that's really, really helpful for your future. That's what good teams do that are good over time is they find a way to get the their, their backups into the game because they built a lead with their starters. And that's what Valley Christian's doing right now. It, it definitely makes me laugh that the first thing that I did on Saturday morning was check to see if Valley Christian stats had been input and if Justin Rager went a third straight game with an interception. And lo and behold, I'm disappointed to find out that all he did was get 18 tackles. 18 of them boys. That's, right? that's a lot. That's, I mean, this team is doing it on both sides of the ball. This might be the best VC team that we've 
had since we've been doing this podcast. I mean, Certainly. time will tell. I know they went to the semis a couple years ago under uh, – I, I forget the coach who went back to Michigan, but this is a nice team, and they have not missed a beat. So uh, Kirk, we'll see. Kirk, Sen- Sen- Kirk Senberg. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yes, I know. We'll, uh, we'll see how long they can go. And uh, tough test next week. They've got 4A Northwest Christian coming to town. The Crusaders are 1-1. One and one. Speaking of 4A, the Seton Catholic Sentinels – they fall to Deer Valley 47-35 to at home. Ralph, this Skyhawks team, they meant business offensively. They certainly did. Rudy Gonzalez, 378 yards in the air, seven touchdown passes. He was working with his wide receivers very, very well. Tough one for the red and gold. Yeah, Seton Catholic. I, I talked to a couple people after this game, um, interview uh, Mikey Castro, who we'll have on here in a second. And uh, one of the things that they said is that, that the game was really close at the end and they turned the ball over in the red zone. So it, it might look like a 12-point Deer Valley win, but the, the truth of the matter is that was points that they they donated to the cause. So every, everybody involved with Seton Catholic right now feels like they stole defeat from the jaws of victory, and hopefully that fuels them moving forward. Because their schedule, with, with the way that some things are unfolding this year, actually looks really tough, and it's nice to know that they've got some of the athletes uh, that are going to be able to keep them in some of these games, give them a chance to win. I'm a little worried. I think that, you know, uh, losing a game like this could be tough down the stretch for Seton. Um, I'm hoping that they can rebound and figure this out. But I feel like this Deer Valley team is a team that they should have beat. I agree. The Deer Valley team doesn't have their transfers in. One of them, super talented, that me and Ralph brought up last week. I thought he was going to be available. He's not. But, uh, man, I think that when a team is um, waiting on key transfers like that, you have to get those W's then and you said you have mikey castro you got to speak with him ralph i did all right all right ralph amazon with seton catholics mikey castro on the seatown rivals podcast 2022 running back had a big game this last week over 200 yards rushing over 60 yards receiving um in a close loss to deer valley mikey how are you doing i'm doing pretty good uh Starting off the season all right. Should have had last week's win, but we're going to bounce back. We're spending on Franklin next week. I believe week, it. Actually. I believe it. Deer Valley's a, a really good team. Tell me a little bit about the back and forth in, in that game and, and a little bit about what happened there. Yeah, we were we had no energy in the first half, almost similar to the first game of the season. But being down 20-0 and getting a turnover in the red zone is never going to be good for you in a football game. Now, this season, I'm not sure what the expectations were for Seton Catholic. Last year was so strange. Um, I believe, didn't you Didn't you have to sit a few games last year? Yeah, last year was, it was different for everybody. COVID did not help. And me missing those first four games and then a fifth game on top of it because of a canceled COVID game. It just, this year, we just changed mentalities and everything. So tell me a little bit about about the team this year because I knew obviously you know Chili and I we, we we saw you play when you were a sophomore you broke about twelve tackles on a kick return and we were like all right we got to watch for this kid for sure but heading into this year it, it, it seems to be you've got a couple of really really good players on the offense walk me through what Seton Catholic's offense is bringing to the table this year so there's Mia Telbeck we got a receiver we got Mikey Williamson. Nick Capuccio, and we have all types of weapons on the outside that 
are now coming alive that we've had all four years. It's just now that we're all seniors now, it's, it's much different. And then tight end, we got Charles Howe and Krizmachek, which they're both blocking tight ends and they can catch the ball. And then we had a gunslinger with Jake Morris. And right now, and to throw it on top, our whole line's really stepping out this year. So we just we have a brand new offense and we're making the most of it right now. Well, they're obviously creating holes for you. Give some love to to some of that offensive line that's been blocking for you. Yeah, for sure. They, out of all four years, this might be one of the best lines we've had. So, gotta give it to them. Seton Catholic's an interesting situation because it, it's a smaller school. Uh, I I grew up in the neighborhood, so I'm very familiar with it. Um, where where you get kind of intimately familiar with your classmates, everybody grows up together. You watch everybody get better over time. How satisfying is it to to kind of get to that point where you're finally a senior, you're finally the top dog, you see the work that everybody put in, and you get to go out on the field and, and show out? Yeah, for sure. The first we as a freshman team, we went I think one and seven. We were we were just not good, and now to finally grow up, we've grown together. We've definitely changed over these four years, and this year we're making the most of it. Like I said, and we're all grown now, so it's time to step it up now. Now, defensively, uh, I know that things started out really, really great against Bradshaw Mountain, uh, and then obviously you said, you know, tur- turnover in the red zone, um, you know, defense maybe stayed on the field a little bit too long against Deer Valley. Who are some of the players that are making a, def- uh, a difference on the defensive side of the ball for you? Uh, middle linebacker, we have Tony Steinkamp, who he's been playing D-tackle, and we finally moved him out to middle linebacker, and he's making a huge difference. We're actually missing a couple – we have Matt Rasto and Michael Costa who are out for the year. And we just put next man up. So we're stepping up all around. David Osana at safety and we just, Gio Brown. We're, we're all stepping up this year. Now, one of the probably one of the favorite athletes in the history of our podcast, we've been doing it for nine years, was actually a player that you're very similar to that, that also played for Seton Catholic. Have you ever heard of Antonio Campanella? I heard. Uh, yes, I have. So <laughs> I've been listening to you guys on the podcast, and I hear you guys talking about him, but I haven't heard anything about him before you guys brought him up. Okay, so definitely one of our – he was one of the toughest players that we've ever seen, and, and a lot like you, um, a, a threat as a receiver out of the backfield, somebody that can go between the tackles or bounce it to the outside. We're going to have to find a way to get the two of you in touch because that, the reason that we bring him up so often, I feel like, uh, besides him just being one of the toughest competitors that we ever covered, is sometimes it feels like he's back when when we watch you play. Who would you compare your game to? Two, uh, like who do you watch and you say like yeah I see a little bit of myself there. Um, I've seen some of uh, Antonio's highlights. I like what he brings, but more in the professional level, I like what Christian McCaffrey brings. He's versatile all over the field. And just try to compare my game to him a little bit. Now he's also he brings that confidence. Not a lot of people realize that Christian McCaffrey like not only does he walk the walk, but he talks a little bit too. Do you get into that on the on the field at all? Do you, you jaw a little bit back and forth? I like it a little bit, but I try to stay focused on the field. Others might say different, but... <laughs> well, speaking of staying focused on the field, when you look at the upcoming schedule, and I know that it's always next game up, but what are a couple of the games on the schedule that you got kind of excited about when it first came out? Uh, Castor Grand is definitely one of them. Uh, I believe his name is Angel Flores. He 
he's got a couple offers under his belt. I'm just ready because I'm definitely going to be playing corner that game, I know, for a fact. So I think we're going to be prepared, and yeah, it's going to be a good game. That's fantastic. That's, a, that's another one of my favorite uh, teams to watch, and their coach, Jake Barrow, is actually a Seton Catholic alum. I didn't know if you knew that. I did not know that. Yes. It would be a better game now. A little bit of a homecoming for him, for sure. Well, man, I I really appreciate your time. Uh, is there anybody else you wanna you wanna give a shout out to on on the show before you go? Um, just family, friends, and anybody else watching or listening. So, oh yeah. Right, on, man. Well, I highly recommend if you haven't had the opportunity to watch Seton Catholic. You live out in Chandler. Buy a ticket on a Friday night. Watch the show. Uh, it's the resurgence of the of the team that Brett Quintine used to nickname the Machine. Mikey Castro, we're all a big fan of yours at the podcast. We look forward to you having a huge year for the Sentinels. Uh, thank you, Ralph. Appreciate you. Great job with the interview, Ralph, especially with the comparisons of him with Antonio Campanello. Certainly spot on. Campanello is one of our favorite kids to cover, and yet they certainly emulate one another. But Talking about Seton as a team, yeah, this team has, I'm going to say, kind of an uphill battle. I mean, yes, he's certainly looking forward to taking on Casa Grand. Unfortunately, probably the Valley game was probably a game that we were, I think, collectively, the three of us thought that it was advantage Sentinels since they had played a game before, and it was Deer Valley's opener. So we'll see how it moves forward. But uh, Mikey Castro is certainly one of the, uh, the better ones we've covered. Yeah, definitely. And he, he wanted to make sure he sent me a message and said he forgot to mention fullback Patrick McNally. He's done a lot and stepped up for Seton. And so please uh, bring him up on the podcast. So I'm making sure to do that for Mikey. Hey, Chilly, any last words about Mikey Castro? Absolutely love him as a player. Love the comparisons, both of them. Uh, you know, the comparison to Camp Nella. I think that Mikey's a little bit better um, of a pass catcher. Than, than Campanella was because I, I don't think Campanella really got those opportunities because they'd be on the field for like three plays. He'd run one, uh, Zach, would, Zach would run one, and then he'd throw one to Walter and it'd be a touchdown some way, shape, or form. That combination would always get a get a score. But this might be, and this will be to Mikey's credit, you know, at the end of the season when the stats come out, this might be one of the toughest seating schedules I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Casa Grand, Glendale, Mesquite, ALA Queen Creek, a Marcos team that's getting better weekly, and then St. Mary's also. Coach Lucero from Desert Edge went over there. This is this is not going to be like that Mountain Point schedule from like 2013, 14, whenever they won that state championship. <laughs> oh. This is gonna. This is a quality for a schedule. No cupcakes here. No hostess. No sprinkles. Mikey's going to have to work a lot, and he's going to get some great film because of the competition on this schedule. And, and uh, it, who, who do they got next? Because and they'll head no over to Queen Creek ben, on Friday, and they'll face a 2-0 Ben Franklin Chargers team. So, Which, which has that offense that will lull you to sleep. Like if Absolutely. You, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, hey, they just, I, and they just a lot of ball the control snot. with the Chargers. They just beat the snot out of Coolidge, too, which is a big wake-up call for everybody in the state. The Perry Pumas, they suffer their first loss of the season in the Battle of Val Vista, 45-6. Not a lot going on here as their lone score, the Pumas' lone score, came in the fourth quarter. Chile, the one thing that does seem consistent over there is the determination of the Pumas' quarterback, Coulter Brown, with both his arms and legs. 
Hey, uh, Brown looked good, but I am absolutely loving Aiden Herring and the job that uh, some of these guys are doing on defense. Cy Hatch, Aiden Herring. I think that these two are studs. I just watched Aiden Herring's film. Uh, my man's figuring out ways to get into the backfield. But uh, Brown is trying to do everything that the quarterback position is asked of over at Perry year in and year out. Dane White tried it last year. Um, it just becomes a struggle because of what Ralph always says historically Perry struggles on defense and it almost becomes asking too much of a quarterback to try to, you know, make this thing work. It, 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 it It's a struggle. It's hard. Ralph, the one thing I got to ask you, and we've, uh, I hate saying poked fun of this over the years with uh, when Perry would have a big lead and then other teams would score. Oh, well you guys scored against our backups and that sort of thing. You figure Basha was up, if I'm correct, 45 nothing, and Perry scored the late touchdown. Was that against Basha's starters, or was that against Basha's B team, so to speak? Well, they got up quick, and then Basha's offense actually struggled quite a bit in the second half in deep in Perry territory. Okay. So uh, this game could have probably been 60 to nothing at one point had, had – um, Basha not let off the gas, and I'm not sure, but I, 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 you guys think that I said that Perry would start four and zero. I said they had a good chance to score zero in all four quarters. I think you guys misheard me. And, uh, <laughs> man, it was bad. I watched this whole game. Basha's defensive line, um, they they made sure that this was never a game, never a game. I know there's that sophomore that. That, that Cody really likes, and, and so I kept an eye on him this game, and, and he was incredible. They're, they're just the, – the, the defense was fantastic, didn't really let Perry do anything that they wanted to do, and then they were able to capitalize on stuff like Perry having a one-yard punt and, and things like that. Um, it was not close, and I feel bad because I reached out to Brock Purdy and I had him send a message out to everybody <laughs> that said that uh, Perry runs Val Vista, and then not only – did uh, Perry get run right off Val Vista, but Iowa State lost this weekend too. And I was like, oh my goodness. Like, it's just, it, it, it keeps getting worse. So um, I, I'm getting some criticism now for maybe not having Basha as a top 10 team in the state. I think they're just outside it. I think they're very, very close. Um, there's no disrespect to Basha at all. They could have done, I think they'll tell you this, that they could have done even better. Um, than they did against Perry. I think I think they'd like to have some of those offensive possessions back um, in the second half. But that, that we witnessed a murder for sure. I can't we'll believe talk, I watched the whole thing. And we'll talk about the Bears in a second. For Perry, they've got a tough task as they head over to Mountain Point to face a two and Pride team that is uh, they're they're rolling. The Bachelor Bears, Chili, you like to talk. 60 uninterrupted seconds of your Bears rant starting now. We, we are seeing the future right now. Um, this Basha team is going to be a problem. I, it, it is all the way disrespectful if you do not have this team in the top 10 and if you did not have them in the top 10 to start the season. This team has one of the best defenses in the state right now, and they're young. All these guys are going to be back next year, so we we're going to have to live with this for another year. 365 more days. Actually, it's going to be more like 730 or whatever two times a year is. This is going to be absolutely ugly for the rest of the state. 
everybody's on notice right now because Basha is just starting. And Day Day, there was finally justice for Day Day. My man got on the field, uh, nine healthy carries, 57 good yards, played some defense. Um, we are just now seeing what is to come. This team will be in the open. Will Definitely. No, I be. certainly agree with that. And Ralph, your thoughts on Chris McDonald's very, very strong team. With Dede Buchanan um, in the fold and using Cole Luke on the offensive side of the ball, it's Cole it's, Martin. Cole Martin. Oh, Cole. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Because that's the last time they had we had we had a Cole that was uh, that was used on on the offensive side of the ball to give the team a jolt. But using Cole Martin on the offside of the ball, Buchanan being back there, they're just a different team. The offensive line is aggressive. The defensive line is aggressive. This team has a lot of pride, and they play with a swagger that I don't think I've ever seen from Basha before. Um, and they're tough. They're tough. Uh, Chris McDonald was able to come in and instill some of that toughness that um, it felt like Buskin never could, and, the, and then and you know Gerald Todd maybe let off the gas on that a little bit and made it kind of more about uh, finesse and the offense. It feels like they finally have developed – some of that, um, you know, I always used to say that sometimes the kids at Basha would remind me of the Cowboys that just wore the Bass Pro Shops hats, but didn't actually do any Cowboy stuff. No ranching, no driving tractors, no driving trucks. They just wanted to look the part. Well, now, now we got, we, we, we got some tough kids out in the Southeast Valley and, and they're going to be a lot to contend with. They are very athletic. Um, and uh, they've got a special quarterback, so why not? Why not give them a chance to to potentially make the open and make some noise in the city of Chandler as well? Absolutely, and I will definitely say for me in particular, living around the corner from the school and those kids being essentially in my neighborhood, I am very, very happy to see what's going on over there at 5990 South Val Vista. The Bears, they will host a 500 Brophy team on Friday night. The Castile Colts. Ralph, this team, certainly they put up a fight against the highly touted Hamilton Huskies. There's no doubt about that. But in the end, they fall 23 to 13 to Mike Zadebski and company. Ralph, this was the first ever meeting between these two teams. And like Coulter Brown of Perry, Bobby Newcomb has a dual quarterback as well. Yes. And uh, and and Castillo looked really good. They were they, they played tough. Um, they were physical, but then Hamilton introduced another level of physicality that was mm -hmm. um, that I've seen some complaints about on this here internet. <laughs> As, um, that yeah, so that there there were definitely some upset parents after after this game. Um, more complaints about sportsmanship. We're getting to the point where it's become kind of routine to get a lot of the same complaints about about Hamilton. After the games, I'm leave it to people who are smarter than me to figure out if there's any merit to them. But uh, once Castile showed that they're not going to back down, that they're not they're not afraid, and that they were going to contest every single play, they were going to go hard on every single play. Hamilton just had another gear, and the person in this game that really stood out to me, um, you know, besides Landon Jury showing a lot of toughness, was JJ Newcomb. This was my first opportunity to watch him start to finish in a game and you know christian anaya he, he drew that assignment quite a bit you know how i feel about christian anaya and mm -hmm. you know they uh, there was one play where they tried to get anaya over on a on a quick screen that threw him the ball right away to have him beat his man and jj newcomb just ran right through it 
put Anaya on his back and then helped him up right away, which is, hey, some sportsmanship. Um, but I, I left this game very, very impressed with the physicality of Castile as a whole and with J.J. Newcomb as maybe one of the better pure corner prospects that I've ever laid eyes on. And, Chili, we'll definitely jump into the Huskies in a bit. But, yeah, I want your take on this Castile Colts team because I wasn't sure which way this game was going to go. I mean, I, I, I'm i not going to say I assumed Hamilton would win, but I felt they were the better team. But overall, over the course of 10 games and beyond, how far can this Colts team go? So, so I was at the freshman game. I was at the freshman level game where Castile really put it on Hamilton. It's on the vlog. Make sure you guys check it out. Um, Castile freshman really dumped a ton of points on Hamilton's freshman team, which was, I guess, like out of out of expectation or whatever, right? Like they did not think that that was going to happen. I got in my DMs on Snapchat. Uh, some of the folks from Hamilton not happy about it. Said, "Oh, we're going to get this revenge on Friday. We're going to put these numbers up. Tell that uh, freshman coach at Castile to keep quiet. This at the third, blah blah blah." Um, so I kind of expected, like, "Oh, we're about to see this." in their ears back we're gonna send like all seven maybe eight players after the quarterback and we're gonna we're gonna scare castile and castile like ralph said they don't back down they're tough they show some resiliency there's some fight which i think is absolutely great for the region because it cannot continue to be just hamilton and chandler at the top and then next year bash is coming in this this is really going to shape up into being the all-time sec region of Arizona high school football uh, this time next year. And it's already getting there. It's going to be absolutely crazy. The competitiveness over there at Castile. I think we saw a little bit of it last year when they took Saguaro on 24 hours notice. Coach Newcomb is doing an absolutely phenomenal job top to bottom over there with that program. JJ Newcomb is one of the best 2024 uh, defensive backs in his class, but I think he's really starting to show that he belongs on a bigger map and not just with his own peers. He really is starting to show, like Ralph said, that he's probably one of the best pure prospects, you know, out there right now. 6A Final Four team, Chile, Castile? They have that potential for sure. Um, and I think they, they showed it. They showed it this past weekend by being gritty with Hamilton, uh, showing some bite and showing some pushback because, you know, they could have just laid down. They could have folded. They could have said, oh, man, this is this is really, really tough. And I think a lot of us weren't sure what to expect because this team is kind of young. They have a young secondary with Jarius uh, Grimes, uh, J.J. Newcomb. And then they also have a, a quarterback who's starting his second game uh, ever in Landon Jury. And uh, receiving court, that's kind of new. So, hey, they pushed back. They fought. They're, they're, they're kind of, they got their own uh, level of griminess. I think that this team is going to be uh, something to watch and possibly, yes, final four team later on down the road. Sounds good as the Colts are off this week. Let's talk about the Hamilton Huskies. And indeed, Ralph, we know that you are a big fan of Christian Anaya. He hauled in 113 receiving yards and a touchdown. We also saw a running back seemingly emerge out of this Huskies bunch. Not sure how to pronounce his last name, Logan Cry. I think it may be 136 yards on the ground and a score. New balance for this Huskies team. They're 2-0. Yeah, and and they didn't they didn't look terrible. I thought that Castile just surprised them with a level mm -hmm. of physicality that 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 maybe they weren't 
um, ready for after after Desert Edge got down so fast that they seemed to let up last week. They needed a game like this. They I think they they needed to be pushed around a little bit. Um, that they we talked about Basha having a swagger. Hamilton uh, certainly has one as well. And I mean, celebrating after every tackle, you know, get, getting in people's faces, chippy, arguing. I mean, it is pr- primarily a couple of players that were responsible for it. Um, uh, but sh- shout out to number five who seemed to be mixing it up on every single play. Um, but I think that it, as long as Hamilton has the ability to keep their emotions working for good, um, and 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 they don't they don't get an uh, officiating crew that is is looking to um, dish out a, a, a bunch of uh, flags to keep things from getting chippy in the first place. Um, then I, I'm not sure that there's anybody that can match the level of energy and attitude that this Hamilton team brings. I was very impressed with their offensive line, considering um, how much uh, juice and hype is behind Castile's defensive line. And, um, you know, Nico's not going to be perfect on, on, on every series. And it was almost good to see Christian and I get, get even though he'd still had over a hundred yards receiving and a touchdown, a nifty touchdown in which he bobbled the ball, uh, was able to secure it, got spun around and still found the end zone. Um, but it, it, it's almost good for this team to, to have that level of a challenge because then you're going to look for other receivers to go to. Um, and so I think this is only going to make Hamilton even better, even scarier. They look to me like probably the biggest challenge right now to, to maybe take take the open um, from, uh, uh, from out of the hands of, of Chandler High, who's won it the last two years. Definitely good stuff. And Chili. You've seen the Huskies' next opponent, and that's the Bishop Gorman Gales. Why don't you kind of set that up a little bit? Because this obviously it's on national television with the way the Huskies are playing with that defensive swagger. Talk about what we may or may not see on Friday night. Uh, you are going to see a team come in that can match Hamilton's swagger completely. Uh, Bishop Gorman's got a lot of sauce to them. And, I mean, you can, you can watch a game on TV or – watch huddle film all you want. But if you don't go and see it live, like there's so many things that you're going to miss. Cyrus Moss is an absolute dog out there uh, on the defensive line for uh, Gorman, and they can move him around a lot. He can play some outside backer, and that could be problematic for how uh, Hamilton handles him. Because I love – me and Cody were talking about this last night. I'd love to see the matchup between him and uh, Grayson Stovall. I'd love to see that 80% of the time. I don't know if I'm going to see that. We might see that maybe 50% of the time. And the less we see that – the worst that is for Hamilton. Um, they have a linebacker over there committed to Stanford. That dude is a solid athlete. And this is going this is going to be the best secondary that we see um, ever this year. This is okay. the best secondary in the country. Uh, they got dudes over there. Rhett, is a, it, Rhett can do anything. Brand, the Branch brothers, uh, Elijah Palmer, who's familiar with Arizona football, playing with the Arizona Dolphins, um, Cam, Cam, the, Cam the Gambria. Uh, the safety over there, uh, he's got some ASU looks or whatever. Um, th- this team is through and through solid on defense. It's the offense where they're a little bit suspect. I think they got a great offensive lineman in, uh, I think his name is Jake Taylor, the OU commit. After that, they're they're a little suspect. And I don't know if the quarter, I, you know, I'm not trying to punish the quarterback, but people keep asking me, like, you know, how can Hamilton win this game? Get to the quarterback. Uh the quarterback, uh, Micah Alejado, he's going to be making his, I believe, his third third or fourth career start as a sophomore, and they didn't play at all last year. 
So he didn't even get freshman football or anything like that. So, I, you know, I, I think he's still rattleable. And this is a kid that, you know, uh, talented, has some, has, some, uh, has some good arm strength, uh, can make the throws. But in the game that I went out to, he did not take advantage of a very, very talented wide receiver core in Malik Pabon, uh, Zachariah Branch, and Jonathan Brady. No touchdowns through the air. It was five touchdowns on the ground from Cameron Barfield, the BC commit. So th- this is this is where Hamilton wins the game. If their front seven can get to the quarterback, harass him enough, I think this is a close game. I think Hamilton can win this close. If it's a blowout, oh, Ralph, you're going to turn that TV off because you won't be happy. Sounds like a plan. Obviously, the entire nation will have access to that game. So that will be a good one on Friday night in Chandler on Arizona Avenue. And last but certainly not least, the five-time defending state champion, Chandler Wolves. They win their 38th game in a row, 17-7 over Cherry Creek out of Colorado. Blaine Hippa didn't play, but Ethan Moore steps in. He goes 21 of 28 in the air. Chili, it seems like whoever is behind center for Rick Garretson's team is going to do some damage. Yeah, uh, you know, Coach Garretson, uh, real quick, got to show some love. Happy B-Day, Coach Garrison, because, you know, it was his birthday the other day. Um, man, Coach Garrison does an amazing job with his quarterbacks. I honestly thought that this was going to be a disaster uh, from start to finish for, for, for Chandler because I thought this was going to be difficult juggling all these quarterbacks and personalities because he's got three super talented guys over there, uh, Ethan Moore, K.J. Cooper, and Blaine Hippa. Um, and then to compound that, losing – a receiver like Keon Gray's and all everything receiver. I really thought that Chandler was going to struggle more than they have, and they've really done a great job. And that's, that's, I know, I know Coach G's going to spread it out amongst his coaching staff, but that's really a testament to Coach G and his ability to, you know, manage quarterbacks and do his thing over there. Um, I, I hate to say I'm stunned, but, you know, he's, he's done a great job over there with that. I'll ask an update on Blaine Hippa, his status. I'm not asking you to break any news or anything of that nature, but what is the current status with the guy who started the game opening night? If I were to guess, I would guess that uh, Moore or Cooper will get this next start. Okay. I, I am not sure. Uh, Hippa might be good to go. So, Yeah, I don't think it's a serious injury, and and I think that they like what they have in Moore. Um, this, the, mm-hmm. Moore, hadn't, Moore hadn't played in two years. Moore might not have ever had a varsity start before. His first ever varsity start might have actually been against Cherry Creek, which is wild to think about. That was a very physical team that came down. And and, it, and Chandler's defense found a way to force three or four turnovers to, to make sure that they were able to win that game and, and, and make sure that the offense's struggles didn't result in a, in a loss. And, and they ended a 25-game win streak uh, that, that Cherry Creek – brought to the table, but I, I, I did talk to Rick Garrison last night and he, it, it sounds like they're pretty comfortable moving forward with more, but it didn't sound like there was a serious injury, uh, to, to HIPAA. Good. Dude, that's interesting. Uh, Ralph, I think you might be right because, um, more started, started, uh, freshman somewhere else. And then he was at universe university city, uh, during the COVID year. Right, and he was he was he was definitely a backup as a sophomore. As a sophomore. Then they didn't have a season last year, and that's yeah. why he's in Arizona. You might be right. Dang, that's that is crazy. That is absolutely insane. And he's a three star. 
so he's he's obviously done very well at like camps and stuff like that. Um, he he is he is very talented. I, th- th- this situation at quarterback for Chandler stuns me, and you know I'm I'm always super surprised. And I don't know, man. I th- I think somebody really needs to step up in that backfield. You know, I've said it for a while now. Whether it's going to be Khalil Valentine, Jeremiah Moore, or uh, you know my guy Charles Ennis, one of those guys has to really you know make this move and uh, solidify themselves as like the guy that's going to you know chase the big yardage in that backfield. I'd like it to be Jeremiah Moore, just in the sense that I've been able to follow him for a while. I mean, whoever steps up, that'd be awesome. But, yeah, we certainly want to see that single guy kind of emerge as we've seen for so many years. And speaking of emerging for so many years, Ralph, I'd love for you to just kind of go back in history and bring us up to speed with the quarterbacks of Chandler that we've seen. I mean, I think this is a perfect year to almost – kind of reminisce about that because we've got three big time QBs for Chandler right now, but let's swing it back to, I'll even say before I got here, obviously the first QB that I remember is Daryl Garrett and chill. Yeah. Hey Ralph, I want to ask you, cause you probably know the answer to this. And meanwhile, is I'm it, in the middle of a question asking <laughs> Ralph to do something. Well, well it, I, I have to expand on what you're, what you're, what you're asking because I, I've been waiting I haven't even finished Ralph, the, the question. I, I, I know, I know you haven't, so I'm not going <laughs> to let you. So I, I got to know, is this is this the first time in like 15 years that a Chandler quarterback is starting that hasn't come through the system? Well, I'm even going to say, Ralph, before you answer that question, you answer my question. <laughs> Meaning, let's go back to even before I got here, which was 2012 with mm-hmm. Garrison, 2010, 2011, Bring us through Brett Hundley's year and then all the way up to now and almost like a little mini update of what they've achieved, that sort of thing. Well, I think that um, Chili might be right because when I'm trying to think back on on the situation at quarterback for Chandler, um, you know, we had – I mean, you want to go back 20 years. We had my quarterback who went on to play – um, minor league baseball within the Colorado Rockies system, Dallas Bates. Uh, he was only five foot seven, but he had a heck of an arm. Before him, we had a quarterback, uh, Justin Wilson, who was actually deaf, which was one of the coolest things in the entire. And I, he, I believe, anytime I go to a Chandler game, he is, uh, he's there. So I think he actually is affiliated with the school and working security or something like that. After that, um, I kind of lost touch, but before Brett Hunley came in, um, into the situation. And I want to say, uh, Chili, correct me if I'm wrong here, but didn't Kyle Hess get some run after Brett Hundley? He's the current quarterbacks coach out at Santan Charter under Kerry Taylor. I want to say he might have come before Garrison um, or, or something okay, like that. Okay, because that's a name I know, but I didn't realize he was a QB, Kyle Hess. Okay. The, he is with uh, Santan right. Charter. Yep. Yeah, the first quarterback that I remember um, – getting a look at was actually Daryl Garrettson. He, uh, I went out to a scrimmage before the 2012 season and he had a call me maybe back plate on. And I was invited to that scrimmage by his backup at the time, who was Bryce Perkins, who would play two years after uh, uh, Garrettson took Chandler to the playoffs. Um, obviously Bryce Perkins would elevate them to the semifinal and then the championship that next year. Mesa Moran would take them to uh, the semifinal. He played a little bit of quarterback and a little bit of uh, of safety. And then from that point is when we entered the Jacob Conover era, which we got um, – 
you know, three straight championships out of him and then two championships out of Mikey Keene. And I think that brings us um, to today. If I'm not mistaken, I might be missing a year in there. But but for the most part, Chili's right. They've all come through the system, though not many of them have actually lived in Chandler's Boundary. A lot of these are open enrollment kids. The Perkins family, I believe, lived right next to Higley High School and, and drove both Paul Perkins, who went on to play uh, running back at UCLA in the NFL, as well as Bryce, who is now on the 53-man roster for the Los Angeles Rams, um, brought them into uh, the district from freshman year forward, um, if I'm remembering correctly. And so, yeah, I mean, it's been it, it, it's been a system that has been churning out quarterbacks since the Brett Hundley years, um, but this might be the first time that they don't have – uh, quarterbacks who came up through the uh, freshman system. All three of them, right? They got one from Hawaii, one from Texas, one from California. So it's kind of an interesting yes. situation for Chandler this year. Good stuff. Well, we have covered the eight teams that we talk about, and uh, we'll see how their records are uh, after week three, technically. So, so far, so good. Brett, who, who, who's been your favorite quarterback over at Chandler to cover? Oh, that's a good question. I would probably say Jacob Conivor. Um, I say that because he was the one who was, uh, he started the longest for three years. Everybody else had been uh, either one or two years. And it was the kind of the first time that I was really able to fully understand what the Wolves were doing. You figure Garrettson got to see very briefly of, uh, Mason Moran, he spent one year as a DB and then the next year as the uh, as a QB, where it wasn't until Conover where it's like, all right, wow, this is the system. This is the guy who's taking charge, and we knew he was going to be there till the end. So, yes. Fair, fair. I, I, I like I like Bryce. I, I like Bryce. I, I always had like a – even though even though I think that Jacob is probably – Dare I say the best out of them because he's got the three rings and stuff. But Bryce was probably my favorite to cover. Ralph, what about you? I know you got a, I know you got a, got a thought here. No, I do not. <laughs> yeah, you do. You got to pick a favorite. Sometimes I, you got to pick a favorite amongst your kids. I definitely don't have anything to say. In fact, I think you guys are cutting out. My internet is running <laughs> slow. Something's wrong. Interesting. I think I lost you guys. Well, we won't get lost next week. We'll be back on point and we'll have another special guest. We'll certainly work on that over the course of the next week or so. But want to thank everybody for joining us. Chile as always fantastic. Ralph as always fantastic. Again, we're rooting for all of the Seatown excuse me, the Seatown teams here on the Seatown Rivals podcast presented by BQ Enterprises. <laughs>